Welcome, everybody, to our inspired podcast this week. I'm Stacy Fleece. I am with Samantha Tradelius. Hello, Samantha. How are you? Greetings, Miss uh, Fleece. Weekend was great. Uh, just another week of COVID and uh, just really not knowing what the hell's going on in general. Pretty standard. Right? We're kind of right back to 2020. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I am super excited today. If, if uh, you ever wanted an inspiration to go out and change the world and be a better person in 2022, we've got your gal. So settle back, relax for the next 30 minutes, pour yourself a drink, and listen up, because today we have with us Deputy Sheriff uh, Brandy Aguilar. Brandy, thank you for joining Hi. us. Thank you. Nice to be here. Brandy is a Deputy Sheriff in Solano County here in Northern California, and um, we've all known her for a while. Uh, she, you, Brandy, you've got like the the biggest heart, I think, of anybody I've ever met. You, you literally are boots on the ground, changing the world. And your story needs to be heard because everything you do, and I know that even we don't tell you this enough, but everything you do is amazing. Amazing. Uh, Thank you. You guys are like making me so, you're making me blush right now. I I love (laughs) that. I love that. Um, But don't, don't hold back because don't, don't be shy about your amazing accomplishments. Um, But I do want to back up a little bit, dial it back to the beginning and kind of how you got into law enforcement, like what, especially as a woman, like we see a lot more women in law enforcement now, but you've been doing this for a while. And so what drew you to that as a profession and a, and a vocation initially? Uh, well, growing up, my dad was a police officer for San Rafael Police Department. And um, ever since I was little, like he worked a lot. So um, he really wasn't home like it was back then work was work and when you were at work especially as a police officer like you really didn't have a lot of family time so I was raised with my mom and I see and my parents are still married to this day um but I feel like I wanted to get into law enforcement to kind of be closer to my dad because I because I didn't have that closeness because he was, he worked all the time. So I just figured, you know, like I really wasn't interested in law enforcement, but I think it was more like in the forefront because my dad, I wanted to be closer to my dad. He must be super proud. I think he is. I do that. He's a man of very few words. Um, but I think he is, um, he does. I have heard him tell me he's proud of me and like, he'll post things and stuff on social media so like I know he's watching um and he has told me but it's uh it's definitely different from when he was in law enforcement to like now it's so different well I imagine it's probably different from when you started till now oh oh, yes very (laughs) how how was it when you first got into this adventure Well, when I first started, I started as a correctional officer. So in our department, corrections and deputy sheriffs are two different entities. Some departments, deputy sheriffs work inside the jail, but not Solano County. We have correctional officers and we have deputy sheriffs. So I started as a correctional officer. Um, My youngest was seven weeks old when I started. Come on. 
I promise she was seven weeks old when I started. So I, she's 16. I will have my 16 year anniversary with the sheriff's office on the 30th of this month. Congratulations. Thank you. So yes, it's been a long time. So when I got into it, I had, I grew up in Petaluma, California. I went to a very small high school, St. Vincent's. I graduated with 64 people in my class. Um, I had never been in a fight before. I had never, nothing, (laughs) nothing. And then you throw me into this jail and I'm like, I'm a female and we work with men inmates. Like we work with women inmates. Like what could possibly go wrong? I would be so scared. I would be so scared. Honestly. I was so scared. I'm not going to lie. My very first day working the floor inside the jail, um, I was working in the female mod and there was a girl that was kicking her door so hard that I thought it was going to pop open. And we have to walk in the like mod to do security checks to make sure everybody's alive, breathing, they're okay. And I was terrified I remember like the feeling of like oh my gosh I have to go in there she's gonna bust the door open and she's gonna kick my ass <laughs> oh my god I would be dead I would be literally dead so I want to talk about the fangirl moments that I have with Brandy because Brandy is just like we met I don't know five six years ago um, mm-hmm. and we got connected uh, by your sister and we started working together with some sparkle stuff And the first year I met you, we were doing Christmas and you showed up at Starbucks and met me halfway in a full tactical, like full vest, gun, taser, handcuffs. And like when you sit next to an officer out in like real life people, everyone looks at you like everyone's looking at you like I'm getting arrested or I'm being interrogated. You're sure they were wondering (laughs) what you did wrong. Right. And at what point you were going to be handcuffed. Exactly. And I'm just sitting there getting gift cards and we're, we're sparkle talking. And I look over and I'm like, dude, how do you wear all that shit? And you're like, Samantha, let me tell you something. This weighs 45 pounds. <laughs> the worst part of my day is that when somebody wants to run and I got to run with this stuff on Cause I'm going to catch you. And I remember like hearing that story and going, Oh my God, like not only are you here doing this work with me, but like, then you got to go back to your job, which is literally fighting crime, keeping the world safe in one of the more crime ridden counties of the Bay area. I mean, what is that like on a day to day? I mean, that's gotta be pretty gnarly, right? Um, it is. Um, I am super fortunate, honestly. Um, Vallejo, uh, I just heard, made the top 10 of most violent cities. Um, So Vallejo, yay, I'm so happy. So um, I heard Vallejo is number seven is what I am being told. Um, It is, I am honestly very fortunate as, as, as the crime rates go up in Vallejo, Um, I feel like I have really in art, we have a a beat in Vallejo. So we have an area of Vallejo. So it's not the whole city. It's just the county area. And I've really developed really good relationships with the people that live there. And as sometimes as um, unfortunate some of their situations are, I feel like I'm a good bridge for them because 
in like real life for them, law enforcement is the enemy and law enforcement is bad. And they'll tell their kids, I'm going to call the police. I'm calling, I'm going to call the police when you're bad. And I'm like, well, that puts a fear in the kids that they're afraid of the police because they're acting badly, but I'm not going to take a kid to jail because he's not brushing his teeth, you know, like, and I don't like, I don't like putting that in kids heads. Like, I don't, I want to be someone that they run to not run from and working in Vallejo. It has its challenges. It really does have its challenges, but I try to, my goal every single day and as corny as it sounds is I just want to change one person's mind just one person's mind regarding law enforcement. And if I do that, or if somebody says, thank you, my favorite is when I'm handing somebody a ticket and they tell me, thank you. And I'm like, Oh, you're welcome. Like, Have a good day. <laughs> See you in court. But, but I think it's- too, like when you're out there, I mean, cause we work a lot, you and I together mm-hmm. with backpacks and Christmas and you know, you've called me ton- a handful of times and said, Hey, look, I've got a mom here that needs something. Can we get together and make it happen? And, you know, we together can do these things. Um, Mm -hmm. But the connection that you have with your community is something that's very special. And when I see a photograph of you or I hear a story and know that you are going out to, to give something to someone, it's like my heart fills with so much love and joy because I know every bit of who you are and the amount of love and the give that you give to your community um, and they give it back to you. And so it's really kind of a cool um, experience to watch you and, and knowing like the way the world is when it comes to law enforcement, you know, and you know, when everything's going on and so many things are negative, I mean, you really do have that shed of light in that area. And so I like that part of you, I think is so special. And I'm like, so proud to stand next to you. When I, when I talk about Brandy, I'm like, Officer Brandy is life. Like she's just the best. Thank you. Thank you. I want to get gritty in a second, but I do want to unpack that a little bit more. Like uh, I feel as though you've created this um, relationship with the with the with the community that you support, and um, I I don't feel like that every community has that from their officers or am I wrong? Like, is that something that is taught or is that something that came from your soul? This was never taught to me. Like I always tell everybody I'm like, I am not like a typical like cop, like EJ, my significant other, like he's your like type a typical, like, like, you don't you know like even when he's out of uniform you know he's a cop like me honestly i'm scared of ej so (laughs) (laughs) i love ej (laughs) and me out of uniform people are like oh what do you do for a living and i'm like oh i'm a deputy sheriff too and they're like really (laughs) like it's not it's not um yeah I, i i'm not a typical deputy sheriff i'm not a typical cop um unfortunately like especially with cities and stuff they don't have time like there are good people that work in those agencies but they don't have time to sit there and do what I do my position was actually for resident deputy for Vacaville like um no for yeah for Vacaville and that's out in 
like it's up north from here and it's more rural so there's like cows and horses and things that I would know nothing about so when I went into my interview with my previous sergeant I literally was like you don't need a resident deputy in Vacaville this the city of Vallejo needs a resident deputy and here's why a, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I told him exactly why they needed to switch the resident deputy from Vacaville to Vallejo. And guess what? He switched it to Vallejo and I have created what I wanted to do in Vallejo from like the ground up, from what I want to do. Nobody's told me how to do it. Which is so cool because, you know, in a, in a position and a field that doesn't necessarily create jobs for people and especially white women, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, hey, you know what? You're making some major strides. And going back to being a woman in the field, I mean, we interviewed a battalion chief in the fire department um, in California, in an area in California. And I think the stats were like, there was like 13 or 15 chiefs that were women in California or on the West like in the entire state. It was like something stupid. And, and law yeah. it's the same stupid ratio to men to women. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. I think I am. I think we're up to maybe 16 women out of probably, Oh, uh, I don't want to say the wrong number, probably like 160 sworn deputies. So there's only like, I'm probably being super liberal with this, with saying 16, but when I started, when I first became a deputy sheriff from corrections, there were six of us. God. Well, the, the fire chief, when she started, uh, she was telling us that there weren't even women's restrooms in the, in the, um, station. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> we can laugh about that now. Uh, yeah. What, so, so what what challenges did you have when you first started versus where you are today? You and the other fifteen of you. So, so the biggest thing is I have to be just as tough as the guys. I have to be able to pull my weight just like the guys. So I can't come into work and act like a damsel in distress. I am so I'm I'm the same person in and out of my uniform, right? But when I am at work, I am a hundred times more assertive. I am a hundred times more blunt. Like outside of work, I'm kind of like, eh, like I really don't care. You know, like I kind of just go with the flow. But when I'm at work, like I have to be on my A game because my worst fear, my absolute worst fear in this job is having one of my partners go, I don't want her as a partner. I don't feel safe that would because suck. that would kill me. Yeah. That would kill me because I, I want everybody to go home at night. I want to make sure everybody's taken care of. And I have a, I have a pretty good reputation within my department where they know that I'm very protective and I'm not going to let anything happen to them. And I know they're not going to let anything happen to me. Which but is so, having to be just as t- go ahead. No, no, I think it's it's interesting too because in speaking with the fire chief, it was the same t- like discussion about making sure that all her guys went home and make. I mean, that's such a different mindset that you have to have in your fields because you, you're like life and death. Like people can die. Um, it's a little yeah. bit different it's than carrying, going to work. It's carrying your weight, but it's almost beyond that. 
Yeah. And it's like and way the different than to go farther than the midpoint, you know, like, you know, the guys can be in the middle. You almost have to be farther to justify that you should be there too. I have to prove myself. Yeah. And then you have to go home and then you're like also a mom, right? So there's the, that component too. So, you know, you're, you're dealing with all this and then you've also got life like the rest of us do. Mm-hmm. And so there's another dynamic there because the female roles are much different in many houses, even um, whether or not they're officers or not. So yeah, that's another dynamic. And it's, it's different because, um, even when I'm at work, I'm still a mom. So like my girls, even though they're older, but they've been in this with me since they were babies. So they know exactly what my job is. And when they see things on the news and stuff, or if they see something happening, um, I feel like it's super important for me to let them have their own opinion and their own voice. Because some of the things that they show on the news are like this much out of like a huge scene and it looks awful. It looks awful where yeah, you're going, oh my God. Job, oh, it's, it's so bad. And so my girls, like um, I've just, being a mom, like you would never, the girls would never know if I had a bad day at work because I literally come home And I have to go right into mom mode, especially when they were younger, like it was a little bit more difficult, especially if I had a really bad day. And then I would just have to come home and like jump right into mom mode. So what we started doing when they were tiny is um, I'd be like, you need to give me 30 minutes. When I get home, I need 30 minutes. So like, I'll go take a bath. I'll go work out. I'll go just sit in my room in silence. Like, I I do things in order for me to be a good mom after like a really shitty day. And so, um, cause I see things that normal people don't see. Like we, like not just me, but I'm saying any first responder, we see the most horrific things. And then we literally have to come home and, uh, and like make dinner cookies. Yeah. yeah. And like make dinner, you know, yeah. after, after just like, tomorrow, let me bust out some chocolate chip cookies. After you just like peeled somebody off the freeway, you're like, Hey guys, how about some chicken nuggets? I mean, this is yeah. just, it's not like, it's not the normal, you know, transfer of energies when you walk in the no, door that's, um seriously that's some serious compartmentalization yeah compartmentalizing i don't know that's that's some serious division you have to do i can mm-hmm. so i can i i have two older children also and uh they can barely say what i do for a living so um <laughs> your your daughter's cool or not cool that mom is a deputy sheriff uh, they think it's so cool. Okay, mm-hmm. that is the right answer. Totally yeah, they right. think it's, it's so my cool. Kids, my kids couldn't care less what I do as long as I can give them twenty dollars to go to the movies. Like that, right? That's, that's all that matters. So, yeah. Randy, here's a question. Here's a million dollar question. I we were discussing before we started chatting was like, is today a day that people are just stupider than usual? Because I felt like it was just dealing with a lot of stupidity. And the response was, "Is it a full moon?" Was your your answer? And my question is, is like, is there weird, is shit weirder when it is a full moon? Like yes. from your end of things? Yeah, is that a real thing? Yes, I, I swear when 
when the day is just going to shit, I'll be, I will Google, is there a full moon tonight? <laughs> because <laughs> I feel it coming. I like you, especially like in Vallejo, it's my little area is small and I can feel it when it's getting heavy in my beat. Like I can feel it. And so like, I just, cause I'm out of my car all the freaking time. So like, I can feel when people are off or like, if I do a traffic stop and someone like motherfucks me to death. And then I'm like, um, I was just <laughs> pulling you over to tell you your brake light was out. I'm not getting into it. Fine. How about this though? I remember one day I met you in, I think we maybe were in Vallejo. I don't know where we were. I'm like getting like jackets and I'm like in the parking lot with my kids and I'm talking to you and you're like fully present and talking to me. And all of a sudden you're like, I want you to get in your car right now. And it's time for us to go. And I'm like, Oh, okay. And she's, you're like, there is a gentleman across the way at 12 o'clock and he's watching us and he's been watching us. And I don't really, and like, I'm not, I'm like dumbass, like not even paying attention. And here you are having a completely high level conversation with like Eagle vision over here. Samantha, mm-hmm. you're going to get in your car and we're going to go now. And I'm like, Roger that let's go. <laughs> but like, yeah, he was us- actually, re- he was recording us. Yeah. You were like, I, I, I mean, I couldn't even see it was so far away. I was like, just amazed with just the, 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 the training of your mind and my mind are very different girlfriend. So oh, I, hmm that's that's in uh, this is where I want to get a gritty for just a moment so there is obviously a lot of chatter on the media and social media about police and everyone's whipping out their cell phones and they get pulled over for a ticket or they get pulled over for a, a you know a tab that's expired and the first thing they do is whip out that cell phone and, and the, you know the 0.0001 percent um that go bad are the ones that we see, but it, it gives everybody this, um, this it, it feels like open season on law enforcement to bitch about everything that's wrong. Um, how, how do you carry that when you go to work every day, when you do what you do and you have such an impact on the community, such a positive impact on the community, and you go above and beyond anything that's even expected of you, and then you see that. And you feel that and your, your, your brothers are getting, you know, called out for X, like how, how does that impact you? Um, it's heavy. Like when it's heavy, it's heavy. And, um, the citizens are on high alert. We're on high alert because we know at any moment someone could go a completely different direction and it could turn into something that we don't want it to turn into. Um, I honestly, there was moments, especially during uh, like George Floyd and stuff that and during those protests, which I felt it like my household is not um, my family, my core family that live here with me, we're super blended, you know, like EJ's black. I have two half um, Mexican, half white children. I am white and it hurts me. Like it hurts my heart that they want, people want us to treat them individually. Right. And I would love it if people would treat us individually. 
how about we just respect one another? And then afterwards, like if, if I come at you sideways, I expect you to come back at me sideways. But if you come at me sideways, I am expected to just sit there and take it. And that's the part that's, that's really hard. Like two weeks ago, I'll just give you like a little story. Um, I was towing this man's car and I left his car on the side of the road for about a month. It was a, a good month. It had no front ends. It, the tires were flat. It, it was a blight to the community. And if I lived in that neighborhood and that car was parked across the street from my house, I'd be upset. I'd be like, that's ugly. That's horrible. I need, it needs to go. So I was towing it. Well, it takes me a while and um, the tow truck comes. And of course the, the famous like beeping noise of the tow truck backing up this guy all of a sudden wants to come out of his house now. So he comes out of his house. I was called every single name in the book. I was called to see you next Tuesday. Uh-oh. I was Uh-oh. Call- oh, I was called a fucking bitch. I was I was said, "Why don't you go and solve some real crimes? You have nothing better to do with your time." And I sat there and I had to literally just take it. And why is that- any of that okay? Because I'm held at a higher standard of any of just the regular public. I am sucks. held at a high. It does suck because guess who my backup was? My backup was a tow truck driver because I was out there by myself. Oh, and, that's awesome. And the tow truck driver, the guy called me to see you next Tuesday three times. And the tow and truck driver, on, did the tow truck driver say anything? The third time the guy called me to see you next Tuesday, the tow truck driver, a big old man, and he is fantastic. He looks over at me and he goes, hey. He has about one more of those. And I looked at him and I started cracking up and I go, it's okay. It's okay. And then to top it all off, I had already told my sergeant, I had already let everybody know what happened. Um, I didn't have my body cam on because I don't turn my body cam on when I'm towing a car. And um, I should have... I tur- I should have turned it on when he came out, but I didn't, it wasn't like, I wasn't think I was more like, uh, what's happening. And, um, afterwards he actually went to my lobby of my department, filed a complaint, said I was cussing him out. Come on. Uh, I was, oh. I was demeaning him. I was belittling him. I was acting superior and he felt fearful for his life. Oh, And my sergeant had already known the whole story. I had already told him. And after everything's all said and done, my sergeant goes, well, that's not what she told me. She told me that you had very inappropriate things to say to her. And she didn't say anything back to you. But sorry, this is where you can tow, get your car towed. She even gave you her card and wrote the tow truck company's name and phone number down so you can contact them. He starts crying. Then he's a victim. I'm having a really bad day. Oh my God. Jesus. And then the tow truck driver backed me up. The tow truck driver was like, if you need someone to tell your like administration, he's like, I have never seen anybody take that much verbal abuse 
and not he's like I was about to punch him in the face how do you not crack like seriously how do you not just how do you not punch him in the face (laughs) it's there it's very difficult (laughs) that's number one but it's um more I look at it and I go I'm there, I am their punching bag for that moment. And if they feel like they need to lash out at me for something that is, is their fault, um, I can take it for that moment because it's not worth it. Like, is it going to make me feel better to like scream and cuss at him back and call him like horrible names? Maybe for like a second. But afterwards, I, mean, I would look at myself and be like, uh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but I think having to be able to, to, to earn that ability to have that armor is something that's very much a skill that many of us, I know myself and Stacy, I will speak for you. We don't have that. Okay. We, oh, have, we, yeah. have, we have some different tools in our toolbox. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess what I'm going to leave everybody here with uh, this wonderful week is when we all grow up, we want to be like Brandy because <laughs> she is a modern day wonder woman. You know, she's out there, she's doing the work and she's a great example of just what it means to go that extra mile and to change someone's opinion or change someone's life or put a smile on somebody's face or maybe tow the shit bag's car that needed to get towed, right? She could do all of these things. So Brandy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for leaving us incredibly inspired this week and everybody else get out there and uh, enjoy the third week of 22 and be inspired.